Hello and welcome to the special Dry Bones Ministries podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. My name is Father Adam Potter, and today we are reflecting on the 13th letter. This is a great one if you're like me and rooting against Screwtape because he is not happy um, because Wormwood has allowed his patience to awaken within him this um, reconversion, so to speak, through the littlest of pleasures that would seem to you and me to be not a big deal, but Screwtape understands that this is not good. It's awakened with him an understanding and an encounter with reality and therefore an encounter with God. And so Screwtape says, don't worry, all is not lost, Wormwood. You need to keep him just thinking about it, but not actually doing anything. So it's a great letter. And um, yeah, I wanted to dive in and just kind of summarize and, and break down some of these different points. So can we look at the first paragraph of this 13th letter? We see that Screwtape is furious that Wormwood's patient has undergone a second conversion and likely on a deeper level. And I don't know, I just thought it'd be interesting to to consider, have you ever gone through a second conversion? Oftentimes in the church, we love to tell our stories as if it was a one and done moment. Here I was living this certain way, maybe lost, maybe really given over to sin, but then all of a sudden I had this boom, this moment, this encounter, this conversation, or this sacramental moment where all of a sudden my life was different and then everything was good. We kind of like dot, dot, dot. But I don't know if, is that it? It's like so often in life we need more than one conversion, maybe two, three, or like one every single day just to be reminded of who God is, who we are, and how much we depend on his mercy. So yeah, have you ever gone through a second conversion? And why is it deeper? I think it's deeper because we're relational people. And so whenever we come back to encounter God, it's not a new God, it's the same God. And to be able to have a second conversion means that in between this moment and the last moment, we're able to see that it wasn't as if God was gone, but he was actually present there the whole time, working there and maybe even permitting these different temptations or these different sufferings or even allowing our drifting away from him all so that we could come back to him and recommit ourselves to him. I think second conversions are deeper because of this relational aspect that, yeah, we just realize how faithful God is, how patient he is, and how ridiculously generous he is. Amen? Can I get an amen? Okay, how about the the second paragraph? So, um, Screwtape describes an asphyxiating cloud which prevented the demon's attacks. What do you think that looks like? I was kind of trying to imagine that in my mind. This asphyxiating cloud which prevents any demon from getting in. Well, I mean, I don't know what it actually looks like, looks like, but spiritually, right? We can just say this, this is the state of grace, that whenever we are in a state of grace, whenever we are going to the sacraments, Holy Communion, whenever we fall away, we go back to confession, whenever we're praying every day, whenever we're living a life of virtue that expands our capacity for God's grace to work through us, we are protected. John says this in his first letter, chapter 5, verse 18. We know that anyone born of God does not sin, but he who is born of God keeps him 
in other words, protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. So this is important for us, right? Just to, to really have, com- we're talking a lot in these days about just the influence of the evil one, but for us to be reminded that when we are in a state of grace, when we are in that relationship with the Father as his beloved sons and daughters, he does not allow a single hair on our head to be touched without his permitting it. We have an awesome dad. We have an awesome dad. Okay, going to the, the third paragraph. We get to the issue at hand, right? Here's where Wormwood has blown it big time. Why? Because he's allowed his patients, patient to have two real pleasures. Notice, these aren't earth-shatteringly large pleasures. The first was reading a book that he really enjoyed. And the second was walking down to the old mill for tea. But, right, the, the thing is that these pleasures and even pains, says Screwtape, are unmistakably real and to be in reality is to be with God. So how does that sound to you? Uh, That pleasure and pain, authentic pleasure, authentic pain puts us in touch with reality and with God. And maybe we're tempted to say like, okay, maybe I can understand that for pleasure, but pain, what, what the heck does pain have to do with it? God would never allow me to be in pain. But again, right? That pain can put us in touch with our humanity, what's going on. And in a way that without pain kind of breaking through, sometimes we can just come to be ignorant or in this kind of numbing experience of life in our own humanity, such that until there's that toothache, (laughs) screw tape describes that like, oh gosh, I have a tooth, I have a mouth and I have this whole reality that I wasn't even aware of. Now, all of a sudden, we're present to it. So, yeah, have you ever experienced a pain or a suffering that's put you in reality, that's woken you up to what's true? It's in these moments where we're able to discover God being present because God is real. He is truth itself. Screwtape says, But you were trying to damn your patient by the world, that is, by palming off vanity, bustle, irony, and expensive tedium as pleasures. How can you have failed to see that a real pleasure was the last thing you ought to have let him meet? Didn't you foresee that it would just kill, by contrast, all the trumpery which you have been so laboriously teaching him to value? So the trumpery, right? These are all the superficial, the things that other people care about, that the latest blogs and articles are saying. This is what's really important. That's all the trumpery. And that the sort of pleasure which the book and the walk gave him was the most dangerous of all. That it would peel off from his sensibility the kind of crust that you have been forming on it. And make him feel that he was coming home, recovering himself. As a preliminary to detaching him from the enemy, you wanted to detach him from himself. And had made some progress in doing so. Now all that is undone. So, yeah, I love that, right? That the fake pleasures, the fake um, ex- experiences and everything else that everyone else cares about that can be really self-serving all of a sudden form this crust over ourselves that keep us actually from ourselves and keep us from God. So I thought it'd be interesting, right? Just what are some authentic pleasures of the world that you've come across 
that puts you in touch with the reality, that allows you to be in contact with God. Sometimes these littlest of pleasures, as we see looking at the enemy's film, puts us in reality with God. Okay, can we go to the the fourth paragraph then? Here we see this really important distinction between the, the detachment of the evil one versus the detachment of God, right? So hopefully you're reading through that. And what's the difference between the way that the evil one wants us to be detached from ourselves and the way that God wants us to be detached from ourselves? I think the detachment that the evil one wants us to have with ourselves It's the detachment that looks like we're no longer true to ourselves, that we care more about what other people think and that we put ourselves at the center. But this detachment that God wants us to have, it's attachment from our own ego, from our vanity and from our self-will. And when we detach ourselves from our will, now we're free to find his will. And in that we actually find ourselves. This is what John Paul II called the law of the gift that we discover ourselves in as much as we give ourselves away. It's a paradox, but hopefully you've discovered this, right? This is the reality of, of work, right? That if I only try to pre- preserve my energy and never actually give it away, then I never actually find, wow, I have this ability. I have this skill. If I never actually take the risk and talk to this love interest or this friend interest, then I never actually realize, wow, I have more within me than I ever actually considered. If I'm never open to God blessing me with fertility and new life, I never actually realized, wow, (laughs) I'm not as selfish as a person as I thought. And I can actually take care of and raise another human being. There's so much more to me than I realized, right? So I find myself to the extent that I give myself away. And these come through our deepest likings and impulses. This is amazing, right? That God gave us these deep interests and passions and hobbies so that we can come to discover the amazing individual that we are. So to consider the way that the evil one would love to attack that. So what keeps us then from pursuing these interests and passions and hobbies? Have you ever been afraid or been made to feel afraid? I don't know, maybe you've had an experience of failure where, gosh, I went out, I took this risk to talk to this friend, or I took this risk to pursue this class or this club. And all of a sudden I just, I didn't measure up and I didn't have what it took. And I've landed flat on my face and, or I got hurt. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm never doing that again. And there's the evil one, right? Coming in. He's not making you fall or making you fail, but the evil one would come in in those moments to sow this lie that says, that's right. And you'll never be able to do it. You'll never be able to succeed. Not today, Satan. (laughs) What's something else that would keep me from pursuing these interests or passions? Have you ever pursued someone, pursued someone or something and had someone make fun of you? Oh, you're not really interested in them, are you? You're not really like interested or passionate about that, are you? I can't believe like you, you like those cards, you like that game or you like that dance or that song. And then all of a sudden, right, the evil one can come in and start sowing this lie. That's right. You're a fool. You're a, like, right, whatever the name calling is. Get behind me, Satan. Not today. I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's not popular or it's not conventional or convenient. And all of a sudden we can have this, again, we buy the lie that I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to impose this on anybody else. So what are the passions? 
What are the interests? What are the hobbies that we have that are actually a gift from the Lord? We need to be true to these brothers and sisters. Okay, finally, in the last paragraph, we see the screw tape makes a last admonishment. Just don't let him put this conversion into action, he says. As long as he thinks about it, celebrates it, have him write a little book about it. Just don't let him actually do anything. Here's this quote from Screwtape. As one of the human beings has said, active habits are strengthened by repetition, but passive ones are weakened. The more often he feels without acting, the less he will be able to, he will be, he will be able ever to act. And in the long run, the less he will be able to feel. Sorry, I kind of got stumbled over that in my words. Um, It's a complicated little two-liner there, but it's so insightful. So here's an example. I'm thinking about someone who has a really strong feeling about the virtue of temperance towards drinking, right? That getting drunk is wrong. It's about having the right number of drinks in the right context. And so say someone, he feels really strongly about this, Notice, the more that they put this into action in their own lives, the more that it strengthens, more that, the more that I can drink, not to excess, but in a way that allows me to enjoy the drink or the social setting. But the less that that person puts it into action, the more that that virtue, that habit is weakened. That, that makes sense, right? But here's the thing. What about someone who feels really strongly about temperate drinking? but doesn't act on it. Well, if it's not put into action, then the less they will be able to be temperate themselves and the less they will even feel strongly about it. So again, what's, what's the insight? The evil one would love for us to pretend, or I guess be content, we'll say, with feeling really strongly about it and maybe even imagining just how much we can put this into action and really make a difference with this feeling or with this position. And yet, until we activate it in our own wills, then the evil one is content because we're not actually strengthening this virtue or this habit. And what's going to happen then in the long run, the more that I just think about it and not put it into action, the weaker my will becomes and the less I even feel about it. Oh, C.S. Lewis is just a master of ending these letters with um, poignant insights to really just, yeah, hopefully shake us and wake us up. Gosh, whatever we feel strongly about, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is worthy of praise, we need to act on them and to bring them into existence. So that's the end of this letter. Hopefully it was um, insightful, insightful as as all of these are, but C.S. Lewis, just a master of breaking open, gosh, even the littlest of pleasures, the littlest of enjoyments, authentic, right? And even genuine pain can awaken within us a contact with reality and an encounter with God. (laughs) How incredible is that? How much does God love us? that he would allow in our humanity all these different opportunities to find him in the littlest of pleasures and the littlest of pinpricks. Let's pray for St. Michael's protection and uh, intercession as we make this journey. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. 
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us for this special podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. If you'd like to support the work of Dry Bones Ministries, please visit drybonespgh.org. Friends, keep going. Don't get discouraged. Keep reading, keep reading, and maybe reading it a, a couple times and just allowing this entrance into the spiritual life, the spiritual battle to bring you closer and closer to the love of God. Please pray for me. Know that I'm praying for you, and I look forward to being with you next time. God bless.